Welcome to Hope for Living with pastor, teacher, and certified mental health coach, Dr. Shannon Eaton. Listen to an encouraging message that is designed to help you build your faith, restore your joy, and renew your hope. Hello, friends, and welcome to Hope for Living. We're so excited about today's broadcast. Here we are building faith, renewing hope, and restoring joy. And today we're talking all things leadership. So whether you are leading in the home, leading in the marketplace, leading in a business, or leading in the church, we hope that these principles will help you grow and be stretched and challenged in your leadership. Uh, All of us need to be sharpened. Um, And as we get sharper in what God has called us to do, whether it be in ministry or any other area, uh, we can trust that as we're growing more excellent and and tighter in the things that God has called us to do, uh, that the people that we're called to lead will benefit, uh, they will flourish, they will grow. Um, So we can expect people to grow beyond the level that we are growing uh, as leaders. We don't, we don't, so, so. One of those things we want to do is make sure that we're continuing to learn, that we're continuing to to hone our craft. We're continuing to uh, just simply be better at what God has called us to do. But the key phrase that I mentioned in that is God has called us to do, uh, which means that uh, we don't always want to look at a <coughs> worldly or cultural measure uh, for whether we're growing or not. But we want to look at something called the Jesus standard. And that's what I want to talk to you about today uh, is the Jesus standard of leadership. Are there some things that we can look at from how Jesus views leadership that will help us to grow uh, and flourish in our own leadership? Are there principles that uh, we see in his life or things that he shares with us uh, through his word that are important that we can apply to our leadership? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. Uh, So I'm excited to share the content that we have in these few minutes that we have together uh, today. And I hope, again, that you'll be blessed and encouraged by it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35 through 38, and let's see uh, what we can discover here in this passage about leadership. Then it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all and every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. That's going to be important. He says he was moved for compassion with them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, I've read this passage of scripture many times in my personal life, and usually I I close it by praying this simple prayer. And that prayer is, Lord, send out workers into your harvest and begin with me. Uh, This is so important that we as leaders first internalize uh, what Jesus is saying to us and take it for ourselves. Uh, Then we can impart it and share it uh, with others. Uh, I I like the way Paul said it. He said that we had to, he, he instructs Timothy, he says, take heed to yourself and to the ministry. In other words, we want to take heed to what God is doing in us. Pay attention to what he's doing in us um, and let that be the driving force behind our ministry to others. We can't expect uh, to lead beyond how we are allowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, to lead us in our own life. But let's look at some principles of le- of leadership 
from Jesus standard. Here's the first one. Uh, you're going to want to take notes today. This is this is some exciting content. Uh, the first thing is, if you're going to lead, you have to lead out front. Very simply put, leaders go first. Now, that doesn't mean that they're always at the forefront per se, but leaders go first. In other words, leaders do what they're asking other people to do. Leaders lead uh, first by example, then by words. This is so important because many of us grew up, and many of us as parents, we say this, do what I say, right, but not what I do. And the challenge with that is that that kind of authoritarian leadership, it lasts, but it doesn't last very long. Um, it, we have to look at the fact that ultimately people will be looking to our example and looking to what we do to determine uh, if that is effective for their own lives. This is so important to understand. This is why he tell, Paul tells Timothy in another place, the Apostle Paul tells his son in the faith, Timothy, he says this. He says, don't let anybody despise your youth. He says, but be an example, what? In word, in deed, in conversation. Uh, in other words, by your lifestyle, you lead. And so this is important for us to understand. By our lifestyle, we lead. So that's what we mean when we say we lead. If we lead, we're going to have to do it and lead out front. Verse 35 of that passage says this, and Jesus went about all the cities and the villages. Understand something. Jesus was the son of God. He had all power in his hand. He, he could speak and the blind uh, eyes would be opened. He would speak and demons would come out of people. Why are you sharing this? Because Lee, Jesus had the power to do whatever he, he, he wanted to do from wherever he wanted to do it. But watch this. He didn't hide behind that. And ne neither can we. So you can't hide behind a position or an office. In other words, just because we have a title, just because we have a position within our organization, a position even within our home or our family, we don't hide behind that position. In other words, uh, we, we have to lead out front. We have to get our hands dirty. We have to be serving with the people. Second principle is when a leader stands his or her ground, everyone else will stand their ground. In other words, people will learn, and, and, and you'll hear this over and over again in our episode today, but people will learn from what we do. It's not just what we say, it's what we do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I like to say it like this, it is what we do uh, that gives fuel to the things that we say. That's why Jesus could say in another place, he would say this, he says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, so we're seeing here that what's going on in our lives and what's going on on the inside of us will ultimately help us to understand um, how people will view our words. In other words, so they hear, what they, they, they hear what we say, but they watch what we do. People hear what we say as leaders, but they watch what we do. This is so, so crucial for us to understand. We have to stand our ground. So when a leader stands his or her ground, in other words, when leaders are courageous, when leaders are bold, when leaders are uh, have a servant's heart, people see that, they'll be more uh, encouraged and willing to do the same thing. So very important. Second thing is this, leaders have to communicate clearly. <clears throat> One of my mentors said this to me, and I'll never forget it. He said this, he says, a lack of clarity is unkind. In other words, sometimes we think that uh, muddying the waters is best or, or vagueness is best. But leaders, as leaders, we have to communicate clearly um, so people can understand where we're going and not only where we're going and what we're doing, 
but why we're doing it. So let's com- communicate clearly the why behind everything that we do. And here's the challenge. Sometimes we feel like that's not important. In other words, or sometimes we feel uh, that people already understand it. People already know the why or they should know the why or it should be obvious. Uh, the truth is, sometimes we have, just when we feel like we have over-communicated why, is, is many times when people are just getting the why. So we never, ever, ever stop communicating clearly. We never, ever stop making clear the mission and vision of what we're doing and why we are doing it. Look at verse 35 again. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So he wasn't just, and I'll I'll, I'll get to this part, but he wasn't just healing. He wasn't just showing miracles. He was communicating a message. Um, and that message was the gospel of the kingdom. Um, no matter what we do in our homes, in our families, in our relationships, in the marketplace, not only are we doing a task, not only are we accomplishing a vision, but we are sending a message. And so my question to you is by your actions, and by our actions and by what God has created and called us to do, are we sending a message and are we sending that message clearly? I would even other, I would even offer, um, are we sending the message that we want to send? This is so important because sometimes, watch this, people are not hearing what we're actually trying to, to communicate. In other words, we might think that we're communicating something when in all reality, people are hearing something totally different. So as leaders, we must, on a regular basis, communicate clearly. We have to communicate clearly, um, and we have to make sure that our people not only hear what we're saying, hear what we're trying to communicate, but hear um, the intent behind, and they understand, they understand. There's one thing to hear, it's another thing to understand what we're communicating. Here's another thing, and this is actually the crux of this entire podcast, and the reason that this podcast started in the first place. I want you to hear it. It's going to sound so simple, but I want you to hear it, and it's this. Leaders give hope. Leaders give hope. This is so important. I, I, I shared earlier this week that hope is an expectation, and, and, and it's expectation many times that keep, keeps us going. So it's important for us to be constantly giving and instilling hope in the people that are hearing our message, the people uh, that we're called to lead, the families that we're called to lead. One thing that we, we want to do is we want to be conduits of hope. We want to be hope dealers. Uh, we want to be people that are sharing hope and making sure that when people talk to us and that when people encounter us and that when people have, have been around us, that they actually leave feeling inspired, feeling encouraged, feeling hopeful about what God has for them in the future. Leader, leaders give hope. We'll get verse 35 again. We're, we're, we're staying at this verse, and it's so important. Uh, but he says he went about in all the cities and villages. He's teaching in their synagogues, but, and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But look what else he's doing. He is healing every sickness and every disease among the people. As a leader, we need hope so that we can give hope. You know, think about it. We can't give something that we don't have ourselves. So we have to make sure that we're staying connected to the Lord, that we're staying connected to Jesus, that we uh, are not losing hope. And in us maintaining hope and in us uh, living in hope, then we can naturally impart that same hope and that expectation into the lives 
of others. I, I can't stress this point enough, how important it is for us to be people who are literally pouring hope and, and sharing uh, hope and a message of hope uh, to those that we come in contact with. Here's another thing. In the second, the second verse, or the second part of Matthew 9.35, Jesus, and it says that Jesus was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. What was he doing? He was doing something that you and I as leaders can never forget. We can never forget this, and, and I want this to really just be ingrained and engrafted on your heart when I say it. Leaders must relate to people's needs. You, we can't be so detached from people's needs that we ask them to just simply do things irregardless of the things that may be going on in our lives or the things that they, they need. Uh, we live, watch this, we live in an on-demand society. You know, so that's great for corporate but not for Christian leadership. See, and that's the difference. Uh, when you, it, it, we draw these lines sometimes, and as a Christian leader, I'm a Christian leader whether I'm leading a corporate organization or a Christian organization. But corporate leadership and Christian leadership many times is different. And here's the intersection: is that many times corporately there is a lack of care uh, for the needs of the people. Uh, in Christian leadership, that ought not to be so, because Jesus was sharing his message. He was moving on mission. He was moving with the vision <clears throat> that God had placed, the God, God the Father had to bring lost humanity to himself. He's moving on that mission. He's sharing his message. But watch this. He's not, and this is so important, he is not um, ignoring the needs of the people. Why? Here's why. And here's something that you don't really, you have to catch. I shared this with some of our leaders uh, earlier. As a matter of fact, earlier today, I shared this. As you lead, you have to love God, but you also have to have a sincere love for people. And you can only do that if you actually have a vision for people. I'll say that again. So many times we have a vision for the organization. We have a vision for what we want to see happen. And really what we're looking at when we say that we have a vision is we're looking at outcomes, we're looking at results, we're looking for at, at, at statistics and metrics that, and all of those things are important. But at the end of the day, we better have a vision for people. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus moved on purpose, he moved on mission, he moved and lived on vision and in vision on a regular basis but you can also see that he wasn't afraid to be, uh, by our world standards, inconvenienced or to adjust his schedule, so to speak, uh, in order to meet the needs of people. And so it's important for us to never lose a vision for people. Look at verse 36. He says, but when he saw the multitudes, he said, we, he, he, he said when he saw the multitudes, in other words, he saw the people. We can't just talk to the people and not see the people. We can't just lead the people and not see the people. We have to live in such a way that our vision is the people. Uh, and in that, we trust God by the power of the Holy Spirit to empower us to, to, to minister to people, to meet the needs of people, and also to draw people closer to him. What is, but what does it mean to have a vision for people? One, we have to help everyone that we can. We have to help them whenever we can, and we have to help them however we can. 
and, and I like to say it like this so many times in our society, it almost teaches us that when there is a need or when something needs to occur or needs to happen uh, in our leadership, do you know what we do? Many times what we do is we focus on what we can't do. Um, and I say that that mindset ultimately leads us to constantly filter everything through what we can't do. And what we miss is the significance of what we can do. So we have to help everyone that we can whenever we can. And we have to do it however we can. You see, even the most profound leaders have to see people as individuals. You may look at the crowd, but you cannot ever miss. You have to really seek to find ways to not miss the individual. Uh, Because People can be alone in a crowd. I'll say that again. People can be alone in a crowd. And it's so important for us to be cognizant of and ask the, 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 the Holy Spirit to make us sensitive to the needs of individuals. And sometimes it isn't even a practical need or a tangible need, but it's a need for a word of encouragement. It's a need to just let somebody know that they're loved, that they're cared for, that they're concerned, that there's concern for them. So we know that leaders have to communicate clearly. We know that leaders must relate to people's needs. We know that leaders have to have a vision for people, but leaders also have to emotionally invest. And this is there's a level of vulnerability that comes with this. When when a leader says, "I'm going to invest not only my energy, but my my, my emotion um, into what I'm doing," why is that important? He said, "Look look at verse 36. He says he was moved with compassion for them." So we see the motivating factor. In Jesus' life, whether he was healing, whether he was feeding, whether he was performing a miracle, we see this framed, uh, this phrase over and over again uh, that he was moved with compassion. Watch this. While you can't put your emotions into everything, you have to be emotionally bought in. I'm not saying that we have to simply be emotional about everything. It's impossible for us to do that about everything. But we have to be emotionally bought in. Uh, leadership expert John Maxwell says this, no one knows how much you know or no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. In other words, I might have the information that can help you. I might have the principles that can help you. I might even have the things that will help you. But if you don't think I care or you don't realize that I have a level of care, a level of compassion, uh, a level of concern for you, you don't want to hear and you won't listen to anything I have to say. Let's keep going. Leadership, or leaders go to the root of the issue. There's issues. Jesus, through Jesus' um, lifestyle as leadership, he always went to the root of the issue. It says, because, watch this, they were weary and scattered like a sheep without a shepherd. So, so what are we saying? Great leaders have to know how to dig. Problems are usually symptoms. They're not the source. In other words, when we see people and they're dealing with issues and they're dealing with problems, understand that that problem is probably... And in most cases, it's a symptom of something else. It might even be the symptom of many times of something that they had no control over or something that was not their fault. Uh, but Jesus is a master of getting to the root. And he said the root of their issue is that they live a life, watch this, that, that has them wandering about as sheep uh, without a shepherd. So let me, watch this, let me give them the message of the kingdom. Let me seek to meet their practical needs. And let me never lose sight of compassion and vision uh, for people. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. What's the point? We live 
many times we, we live in the moment. In other words, we live in the tension of the moment. We live in what's happening in the moment, what needs to happen in the moment. But true leaders, uh, watch this, they always see beyond the moment. In other words, there's work to be be done and things to be accomplished uh, beyond today. And so we constantly have to, to have a foot in the now. Watch this, a foot in the now and a foot in the future and what God wants to do. So when we see people with our only seeing what can be done through them or accomplished today, but what does God want to do in their life down the road? And how does he want me to share and impart into uh, their lives? So leaders always see beyond the moment. Other issue here is this, as we, we wrap up with a couple of principles, is this. As we lead uh, with the Jesus standard, we're going to need help. Nothing in this world gets accomplished without help. So many times we see people who make it, so to speak, or they get to a certain place. And they live and they act and they talk as if they never had help. No one gets anywhere significant in their life without relationships and without help. And so we want to seek out godly relationships, uh, godly divine connections, um, trusting not only that it would help us to get where God is taking us, but we want sometimes we have to remember to also be the help. We're, so many times we look at a situation and we're like, man, this person can really help me. But the question is, like, what can you impart into them? What can you help them? How can you help them? Verse 37. But the labor is a few. Who leads when you're not in the room? Here's the deal. You can tell the level of your investment into people, um, level of impartation into people, uh, the level of of teaching and mentoring that you've done when you ask the question who will lead when I'm not in the room and can I can I give a sobering thought who can lead when you're no longer in the room in other words am I imparting into who's going to do this next who's going to do this after me so many times we live in this 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 place and I just you know being honest we live in this place of self-preservation um, and the truth of the matter is one of the greatest things we can ever do for our legacy is to pour our cup, to pour out our pitcher uh, into other cups so that when we are no longer in the room or when God has us in another room, that there's someone ready to step in and carry the baton. Here's our last principle. Prayer is key to the future. Prayer is key to the future. Verse 38 Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So true leaders are not only focused on this generation, not only focused on right now, not only focused on what's happening today, but true leaders say, you know what? There's coming a time where God is going to have somebody else in this seat, where God is going to have somebody else in this room. And I want to pray that he give us the grace, watch this, to pour into the laborers coming behind us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that this leadership moment has been one that has built faith, that has renewed hope, and that has restored joy. For it's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Help us to pour in the next generation according to the Jesus standard. In your strong name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in to Hope for Living Podcast with Dr. Shannon Eaton. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged to apply the truths of God's Word to your everyday life. Until next time, keep the faith, hold on to joy, and live in hope.